0: all right guys welcome to session two i am so excited to dive into this session this is a primarily mindset focused session so i am definitely excited for that i think that you know sabs and i are definitely still figuring out our flow in terms of recording again like i said i think this is the season i was most nervous about in terms of recording and i think i am definitely still finding my flow so just being transparent about that but I think this is a really, really helpful and important session, because I think that it shows not only the fact that like we have mindset at every level, but that, you know, a lot of things might feel really similarly or some of the problems need to be different, but being able to lean into that is what's really important and being able to get support around that. And I also think it shows the value of being able to get long-term support in that from someone who knows you and knows a lot of your mindset stuff really well. So I hope this session illustrates that for you guys. And I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. All right. What's going on? Not much. You have a face on what's the face. Um, I don't know. I was
1: trying to figure out like before the session, what I wanted to talk about and also just like how I wanted to phrase this. Mm -hmm. I really want to crack a joke and be like, I'm breaking up with you. But no, I don't know. I I wouldn't say I'm in a mindset funk, but I just feel like I am not at the mindset that I want to be at. And I am in process and working on that. I'm so thrilled.
0: Yeah, I know. I knew you would like talking about mindset today. This is your early Christmas present. Thank you for my present. Not only do I like talking about it, but I also like that I feel like you're saying that because I feel like for a while you've been like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And now you're like, oh, maybe it's not fine. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's fine in the sense that like nothing's wrong. I'm happy. All is good. Totally. And, and also just, I think I would like to feel a little bit different in some situations.
0: Yeah. And I think that's sort of like the the hard part of where you're at is that it's so fine. Mm. Yeah, which makes it harder. So I want to talk about that, like it's fine mindset and why when it's so fine, it actually is harder to shift sometimes. And I've seen this with a lot of my clients who are, you know, having the really big wins making, you know, top of multi six to seven figures is that What can happen is because it's all so fine and feels so good and easy that it can really be hard to kind of snap out of that and feel that drive in the same way or that pull for more that we feel sometimes at the beginning of our business. And so I just want to really normalize that how sometimes when things are so great, it's not necessarily that that's when it's easiest to shift because things feel so fine and so good and so simple that sometimes it's where the resistance to shifting comes the most, right? Because when we're super uncomfortable doing things that really stretch us, to get out of that discomfort makes more sense to our brains. When we're super comfortable and everything's fine, doing things that stretch us make less sense to our brain and feel less safe. And so just wanna normalize that. And I think it's important if you're in a season like that to see why yeah, that makes sense. It's not necessarily that you're self-sabotaging, it's more that your brain is like, hey, let's stay really safe and comfortable in this it's fine territory. And so sometimes it takes a little bit of time to wade through that and it takes a little bit more creativity and motivation to move through it, but it's a really, really normal thing as you grow and things get better and better. Yeah,
1: I was thinking about that because something I've been doing is rebuilding my content bank. Yep. And so I decided to do it myself instead of tasking it out to a VA. Like I had the entire SOP and template for them to do it because our, our last one got messed up and like there's just no way to restore an Airtable, unfortunately. But yeah, so I've just been like looking back at little baby sads 2017 posts and getting in that energy and vibe. And one thing I noticed is how like everything was so new to me And how I would really use physical items to like anchor in wins. Yes, you would.
0: So whether that
1: be like a Chanel bag or a trip or a Cartier bracelet or whatever. And now I'm just like, I literally, there's nothing else I can buy. And even if I did buy something, I think I'd be really kind of not necessarily underwhelmed by it, but it wouldn't really make a difference. Totally. You know, like I've got I've got seven Chanel bags, I've got two Birkins, four Kelly's, and I don't have any more room on my wrist for any more Cartier stuff. So
0: And you also don't even like wear the bags. Mm. You like walk Bonnie and you wear the bags like like, once a yeah.
1: It rains a lot in Edinburgh. I'm confident
0: if I lived somewhere else they would be more on debut. But here in my village But But my point is it makes sense that like not not only would it not do it for you but it's not even like you're getting the like yeah. day-to-day satisfaction out of said item although i'm sure it's like lovely to look at but it like makes sense that it just feels like what else is giving me that feeling that you were getting so easily before yeah
1: i'm not sure i mean i've i've been there done that for all the things many times over so i don't know but that's why it feels kind of hard and i remember when we did the kind of intro episode where you're like, what are your goals? And I was like, I don't really have any, Mm -hmm. not in a bad way, but just uh, like, this is my new normal. Mm -hmm. And so in some ways I feel like I'm a beginner again, starting from zero. And like, I obviously acknowledge that my zero is multiple seven figures, like very happy, very blessed, very lucky. And also I just kind of feel like I'm starting from scratch in some ways.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's also really good for you to just be like saying this out loud to yourself. Cause I feel like for a while you were kind of like trying to pretend that another bag would do it or whatever. And now to be able to be like, nope, I've I've done it with all the things and I know that's not it is actually like really freeing. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Or is it depressing?
1: (laughs) No, I mean, because like I'm not unhappy and I'm not depressed. And like I am very fulfilled in my personal life, but I feel like with business, I don't have the excitement that I had totally. when I was young. Although maybe I just need to manage that and like not get my kicks from business goals.
0: No, I think there's a, listen, I think there's a balance. I think like, are you going to be Singapore Sabs? I don't know. Right. In terms of, she was, so fun. she was so much fun. Singapore
1: Sabrina was the version of me who just had I don't even know how much of a month, like a 30K month. And I was like, you know, what's a good idea. I'm going to go to Singapore and spend $25,000 on bracelets. That's who that was. She was very feisty and very confident. She didn't care because she knew she could always just make more and more and more and more and that it was only going to get easier and bigger and
0: easier. There you go. So I think like the summary there is she she did a lot of the things that maybe aren't going to do it for you now. But I think the part that you can kind of pull out of that is like the certainty was there. And I think that for sure. you have that to an extent that's almost made it too comfortable. But I think pulling out, like, what is the certainty for the next things is really interesting to yeah. look at because that's what made her so feisty and confident yep. is you had so much certainty. Like, I remember even when you told me you went and bought those bracelets and you were like, because I'll make more. I'm like, I obviously really believed in you, but there was still part of me that was like, I mean, okay. Okay. <laughs> Right. And then I had
1: that same certainty with my engagement and that came out true as well.
0: Yeah.
1: I should just manifest a second husband. Who's going to tell Paul? Probably me, but you know,
0: whatever. (laughs) 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 So is the issue that, You don't feel certain about the the things you're setting goals for is the issue that you just don't even feel connected around those goals enough to produce that like excitement and certainty. Maybe
1: the certainty piece. I mean, I think in some ways it feels inevitable just because like my business has been successful for a really long time. So I don't have any fear that it's going to go away. And my business has always made more every year. We've never had an income dip. And that has like, just been a belief that I've always told myself, like I always make more than the last year. So I know it's going to keep growing, but I think I'm trying to do some like big leapy jumps right now. Mm -hmm. And that is not something I feel like I've even wanted to do in a while, let alone attempted. Mm -hmm. So I think the version of me three years ago, done and dusted. And I'm just kind of like, well, maybe I'll just like walk my dog and get another like crusade pot and call it a day.
0: Yeah. Right. Because it's so much easier to a certain extent. Like I think that the Singapore version of you was uncomfortable enough that there was fire around it. I think you're wildly comfortable right now. So it makes sense that like the fire is different. So I think we can figure out like what are you on fire for?
1: I don't know, but I just had a vision of, like, you know, those bratty teenagers that MTV used to send out into the woods to, like, figure out their lives. We could just, like, put me out there and be, like, go build a business. I'd be, like, what? Take my phone away, see what happens.
0: Put you in Singapore again (laughs) and be, like, figure it out. (laughs) Okay, so, you know, my question is going to be this. And then, obviously, you tell me if this is not a podcast discussion. But Mm -hmm. is it how? to do with not feeling clear of like what's next for you and your family? Um, no, we can, we can definitely
1: talk about this now. I think it's less about that, although maybe there is something there. I mean, I feel pretty settled and happy with our decision to live in Scotland and, you know, I'm obviously very happy with Paul and with Bonnie and with all of that. For me, the kids piece is more of a timing thing than a, will it happen? It's more of a, is it now or is it in six months? It's not like, is it now or is it in five years? It's like, is it now or is it in a shorter amount of time? Okay. So
0: I don't think it's that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So that feels like new information to me now or six months. Like I felt like it was like now or three years. So talk to me about that for a second. Get me on board.
1: Well, if I want to have a couple of kids, I feel like I would rather start sooner than
0: later. It's just because you ordered the snoo.
1: <laughs> yeah, there was also that. So I ordered a snoo during Jubilee weekend because it was forty percent off, and you could set it to be delivered up to six months late. <laughs> so that bitch is coming in three months. Right. So you kind of you you have a window here. Right. So there's that.
0: So I just wanted to touch on this and make sure you guys got this fully, because I think this is really important, but Sabrina ordering a snoo, the snoo is obviously like the baby bassinet that kind of like rocks the baby, does all the things. It's really amazing. I had one, highly recommend. But The thing that Sabrina does is she always takes action from where she wants to be. She does that really, really well and has done that really well for a long time in her business. And I think that that is one of the single most important things that she has done to really grow in the way she has. And so for her, this next iteration is like knowing she wants to have a baby and start a family with her husband. So she's going to start taking action from where she wants to be. If she knew that was coming next year, would she order this new when it was like half off? And to her, that was a yes. And so I, I think that can seem like such a funny little moment. I know I totally teased her when she told me about it, but it's also really, really important and really indicative of like how she operates and how she continues to step into that next level version of herself because she's not afraid to take action from that place, even if it seems silly or even if it feels ridiculous to kind of be like, well, why are we ordering a snoo if we don't have a baby yet? Because that's where I want to be. And she's willing to do those things. And I think it's really helpful to see that mindset in action.
1: I don't know. And like Paul's 34 and things like that, which you know, like the longer I wait, like that's fine. Cause I'm 28, but also Paul will keep getting older and I'll keep roasting him about it. And, yeah. you know, I've always wanted really? to be a younger mom. Like yeah. I thought that I would have been a mom already like 28 to me feels like ancient just cause my mom had me when she was 22. Yeah. So even though it's definitely not, it feels kind of weird to not have them. Not that I feel pressure. Like I feel zero biological pressure. Cause people have asked me that and I don't. It's more so, I just feel like I've kind of checked all the right boxes and like everything's in place, and it would be easy to add in, and also like of course, there's a desire for a child as well, but you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, so what's the decision between now or six months? like what feels like the question mark there? I'm definitely not trying now, so I think I will wait at least you know maybe
1: like two or three months just because I want to you know rage at Christmas time New Year's cocktails. <laughs>
0: you hey. oh, thinks I'm kidding yeah, I know you're not yeah. kidding that's why I'm laughing. I know yeah. you went Thanksgiving and Christmas cocktails. Well I didn't but
1: then my friends decided that they were gonna come for New Year's Eve so I felt like I didn't want to let the team down
0: mm-hmm. Okay, so say you start trying in January is what we're looking
1: at. I think so. I think that feels like a good amount of time.
0: So if you feel clear on that, Does that make you on fire for the business in a different way or does that almost make you want to pull back even more or like what energy comes with that kind of like, again, even if that changes, right? But let's just pretend for the sake of this conversation, January, what comes with that? I felt on fire about some of the
1: back end stuff for a long while now. So since about May, I've had like a baby business planning document and like I've been Mm -hmm. going through it with my OBM and like knocking out all of these projects and like that's why I got really committed to the podcast because I knew I wanted to have that banked up. So I didn't feel any pressure during maternity leave or, you know, during first trimester or anything like that. So I feel like I've been very on fire for the back end stuff, but that's more so like maintenance to keep it humming as is, as opposed to more of like growth
0: stuff, if that makes sense. right? Of course. Does that feel done or it feels very in progress? Like it doesn't feel like a giant I think those things will
1: be done like within two or three months maximum. Like we're mm-hmm. mostly finished with a lot of these things anyway.
0: Okay. So that hurts. Um, but done. no, it doesn't
1: feel like. We're, like
0: yeah. Yeah. Done from like an energy standpoint. It's not like you're, you're putting a significant energy standpoint, planning standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So back end feels good. Personal life feels good. Yeah. Baby's coming yeah. next year. Mm-hmm. But blah. good with family.
1: It's not blah. It's just, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know. I think I just have a lot of hate toward the internet as well, which maybe is some of it. Because it's like, I love coaching my clients. I love the back end. I love leading my team. I think it's more so like the social media bullshit that I've kind of resented for a long time now.
0: I totally yeah. agree
1: with that. I think that is where... But also... Yeah, like I get anxiety reading other people's comments. Mm-hmm. Comments. Yeah, so like, like people just rip everyone apart all the time. So it's not, oh, not on like your stuff, poke. on other people's stuff. Yeah, but I'll go see other people's stuff, and it just like makes me angry, and it just makes me want to like fight people. And then in the last six months or so, I've gotten so many comments on my Facebook ads about how I need to like fix my face and get Botox and stuff. And I'm obviously lying because if I was rich, I would fix my face. So yeah, that also just makes me hate the internet as well. Cause I'm like, okay, dumb poor bitch, go fuck yourself. But also I have to put on a happy face and pretend that, you know, all is well and the internet keeps rolling.
0: I think what's really helpful to see here is that what you're saying is that it's not necessarily about something that's like not great or not like aligned or any of those things it's more like something that you're maybe scared of more than it's something that you don't want to move toward because it feels like when we talk about all the things you're moving toward like the goals the baby the back end the whatever like all of that feels like really good to you and it doesn't feel like there's a lot of resistance there but it's like the things that maybe feel like they kind of unintentionally or intentionally come with that is sort of the problem does that feel true Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've done a pretty good job of like managing things
1: on the internet over the last six years or so. And I've always had a block and delete policy if someone's like mean or rude. Like, I don't feel like I owe them anything. You know, if you're not my customer and you're just some random person who wants to tell me to get Botox,
0: bye. So something I want to illustrate here is not being afraid to explore what's going on with clients. Like there's no rush. Like what you're hearing me do here is just asking her a lot of questions. And like, by the way, that's what coaching is. And I think that so often in the online space, we forget that. We feel like coaching is supposed to be having all the answers right away. And to me, that's not what coaching is, number one. And number two, I think it really takes our client's power away from them. So I just wanted to illustrate that here. Don't be afraid to really explore what's going on. There is no rush. Like I am never in any rush to diagnose the issue immediately with clients. I am simply there to help them explore what's coming up so that we can actually solve the right problem and get to the best solution. So it would be so easy to just kind of go, well, this seems like the mindset problem. Let's just handle it and move on. Right. But how does that really help us? You know, it doesn't, it puts us in a rush for something that shouldn't be rushed. And it makes me feel like as a coach, I'm supposed to have all the answers immediately and to the client, it makes it kind of feel like they're supposed to have all the answers immediately. Right. And so, just wanting to illustrate that for something like this, it is so okay to take your time. It is okay to ask a lot of questions. And that is still where you can give the most value sometimes instead of feeling like you have to rush to a like quote unquote diagnosis. But yeah,
1: I don't know. And I think I also just feel a lot of I don't know what the right word is. I just feel very annoyed by a lot of the smoke and mirrors that happens online. And I hate feeling like I'm playing into that, even though I know I'm being transparent. I just feel like it's kind of like the same like song and dance monkey show that everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. And then I also get really frustrated because I see so many people like copying my content or like taking concepts that I taught and then like rebranding it as their own. And it's like all of the social media stuff has just kind of, I think, gotten to me is probably what it is. So it just makes me not want to participate.
0: What's so interesting is the, that we were talking about baby Sabs earlier because I know her well enough to know that that is what made her excited to participate. Like yeah. you would be on fire for like proving other people wrong or talking about how you were doing it differently or calling it out if you saw something like that.
1: But the problem is now it's been five years and everyone has like copied the roadmap that I kind of walked first, but then they're kind of like bastardizing it. And then they're like using it to like swindle people out of their life savings and shit. And I'm not really happy for that. And then nowadays, if you call someone out for crap, they're like, oh my God, I hate women tearing down women. I'm (laughs) like, bitch, please look at your internalized misogyny. I'm so fucking over it. The fact that you think you can steal from a woman and get away with it is the entire fucking problem nobody wants to have that conversation.
0: But are you kind of letting them get away with it right now by not
1: having that conversation? I mean, if there's like a legal issue, I'd let my lawyers handle it. But like from Obviously, a social media yeah, yeah. standpoint, I don't really feel like picking, you know, fights all day long. I'm not really sure what my therapist would think about that.
0: <laughs> I don't know if it <laughs> Listen, We'll get her on board. No, I'm kidding. But it's not like picking fights, I think, with specific people. But I think it's like, are you ha- you're not having that conversation. You're not having the like... Hey, people are taking this and then they're using it to like, you know, take your money and give you no results. Like, let's start talking about that. Let's have that conversation without it being a specific, like I'm picking on this person calling someone out. But like, I think that that could be exceptionally frustrating to be thinking that every time you're on social media, but not saying it.
1: Yeah. I recorded a podcast episode that I will drop in a couple of weeks on like what I hate about the coaching industry right now. And I remember as soon as I finished recording it, I was like, am I a bitch? That was like my initial thought. I was like, I'm not sure I can publish this. Cause I never listen to my podcasts back. So I never, like, I feel like I black out when I record them and I don't really know what I said. So yep. we'll see what happens when it goes live. But yeah, I don't want it to just be like a one-time thing. Like I, I either want to talk about it more in a way that's actually productive for my audience and isn't coming exactly. on down. Or I just want to get over it and like put blinders on and block everyone and like not pay attention and just not give a shit, which I feel like I did do in a way, but then that resulted in me not participating the way I used to.
0: I also think it's really a disservice to your audience to not be having that conversation because I think if you're not having it, they think there's something wrong with them or that they're missing something because no one's saying it. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like if, yeah, sure. You can like block and ignore and, and not participate, so to speak. But like so many people in your audience are still participating, quote unquote, whether they want to or not because they no one's saying to them like, hey, have you thought about it this way? Hey, have you looked at it this way? And I think that's what you're so good at is providing that new perspective yeah. or that additional or different way to think about things. And I think if you don't do that, like – you're going to continue to feel frustrated no matter how many people you like, you know, hide on Instagram. So maybe Singapore Sabs needs to evolve into spicy Sabs.
1: And that's like the 20 year old Scottish version.
0: So kind of how I was talking about earlier with this new, that idea of taking action from where you want to be another way that we can really do that is by kind of stepping into sort of like an alter ego. That's why we always play with Singapore Sabs, right? Because that feels like a certain version of her that she can really step into. And I think it's really important to have those kind of like anchors for yourself of when you're maybe not feeling it does something like having that like alter ego or that, you know, version of yourself really help you get there. And so when we talk about Singapore, Sabs, like she knows exactly what that feels like, what it's like to take action from that place, what it's like to behave in that way. And so that's really helpful or like, we're going to play with this. Spicy Sabs one, right? And so she's gonna have this version of herself that she can step into when she wants to get into that place. And so it just kind of helps you as an anchor to remember to kind of like take action from where you want to be or behave as the person who is blank, right? Spicy Sabs, Singapore Sabs, whatever. But it's it's just a really useful mindset tool to monitor who you're being in the moment, right? That's kind of how I would say it. So like. Who she's being as Singapore Sabs is maybe different from who she would be when she's having, you know, a big mindset wobble or whatever. And so having that anchor is really, really useful. So I just wanted to explain that and encourage you that if you don't have that in your business to see what it would be like to play with that. Like who is your alter ego? Who do you need to step into right now? She needs to step into spicy Sabs, right? And so being able to play with that in a really fun way here helps anchor in your brain super well. I like her. She sounds fun. Tell me about her. Spicy Scottish sabs. She doesn't buy Birkins anymore. (laughs) Oh yeah, what does she do? She buys ponies. She buys what? Ponies or like castles, locks, or like I don't know, all the snooze you could ever want. No, but I think that like you thrive in things like that. Like even think about like before I knew you, like what, what happened at UF and how you like called out the student government and like, yeah. or the Greek life and did all of those things. And like, that is like your gift. I think in many ways, I think that that's why you've been so good at taking over coaching in the way that you have. Cause you're really good at like seeing what's going on structurally and like having things to say about that. And so I feel like, yeah, it makes sense. You're feeling like less than enthused when that part of you isn't getting to live into your business.
1: Yeah, I think I sometimes have like mixed feelings about that, though, because I look back and I'm like, maybe I should have just been a little bit more quiet and been like the normal sorority girl. And like, then maybe that would have been more fun. What would have been better about that? I don't know, just like a more normal experience, less chaos. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it was very fun. And I think everything happens for a reason. I don't know. Maybe I'm just resisting my true nature right now.
0: I have known you long enough to be able to say that there is no part of you that does well when you're just trying to tamper it down and be quiet and just be a normal, whatever, insert word, girl. Like, how has that ever been you or served you? Never. The reason you have the results you have is because you don't live like that in many ways, right? Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I think this session illustrates is just the value of long-term coaching and knowing someone and knowing them really well. Like that's just what you're kind of seeing here. Like I know her Singapore Sabrina days. I know her, you know, stories from college, like all of that kind of stuff that we're talking about and that's coming up here. That's why long term support is so useful, because it's it's someone that truly knows the ins and outs of you and your business and can be a really, really good mirror for all of that. Right. And has seen you at different times and different seasons and, you know, knows the different things that you've been through. I think that it's so easy to jump from program to program or coach to coach, thinking that everyone else has all the answers. And what I see over and over again with my clients is that the reason they get really amazing results is because they know the answers are within them and they choose to have a long-term coach that just gets better and better at pulling those out of them because like I get them, right? And so it's not about who else has all the answers, it's about who can support me to find those answers within myself, Quicker, better, easier, whatever, right? And that's where the value of long-term coaching really comes in because, you know, you, say you start over with a new coach all the time. Well, they have to relearn all of those things. And probably by the time they're actually learning those things, you're getting to the end of, you know, your your time with them, and then you're on to something else. And so you're re-educating someone every single time. And like, there's just a lot of like lost, sunk costs in that, right? You lose out on time and money doing that again and again. Whereas if you are willing to say, Hey, I'm assuming that the answers are within me and I'm going to take a bet on that. It's amazing how much more effective you can be over time when you're not having to like reteach someone all about you over and over again. Right? So just hopefully that's a helpful example of why that's true. And of how having that support is actually what moves you through things so much faster.
1: The other thing I noticed when I was kind of going through my content bank and like rebuilding it from scratch, cause I'm doing it chronologically. So starting from June, 2016, I was such a hippie. You're like, so I crunchy. was so, I was so crunchy. Like I was full on Chaco's Birkenstock, like freak. My first live stream series ever was called the yoga of business. You were so into that. I recall that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And my Facebook group was called Spiritual Biz Babes. Yep. Those are the ways. So what is what Vintage. does that
0: bring up for you? Like that you don't feel
1: connected to that um, piece of you? Well, I think the thing it brings up for me is just maybe like getting more connected to that. So one thing that I had felt a little bit of like conflict around, which I told you about is like my spiritual teachers doing an a India trip in April. And then I had kind of felt some sadness around that. Cause I was like, Oh, well, if I'm pregnant, I can't go. But I know that there's like other ways that I can like be connected to him and like go to his lectures and things like that. But that definitely felt a bit of a bummer because I was supposed to go October, 2020, but then the pandemic happened.
0: Do you feel like disconnected from the spiritual aspect is kind of what you're saying? In some ways. Yeah. I mean, I don't
1: Like go to the ashram anymore. Like I used to go, even when I went back to college. Like I would still go, like every three to six months. And like they would email me, and they would be like, "We need you to come for Christmas and volunteer." I was like, "Okay, be there, be there, be square." So it's just you know very different nowadays. And what's really weird is Paul is more of a hippie than I am. So Paul will tell me things. He'll be like, "Well, Swami Kashi says this, this, and this." I'm like, "How do you know that?" And he's like, "I go to the lectures. You don't." I'm like, "Oh yeah." So. I don't know. Got to, got to rearrange there. Why don't you? Um, I don't know. I think it's just like a, it's just different. It's different. Everything just feels different. I feel like everything is so sweet and so exciting and so fun the first time you do it. And then you get like old and crusty and you're like, "Mm."
0: it feels like what's happening. And you tell me if this is true, but it's like not so much old and crusty, but more like you're kind of just in a bubble of comfort. Mm -hmm. And yeah. It doesn't necessarily make the most sense to your brain right now to venture outside of said bubble, whether that's like calling shit out on the internet or whatever.
1: I did start doing exercise though.
0: Yeah, that's really big.
1: Very uncomfortable. Yeah, that was a big one.
0: And how does that feel? Twice a week. Really
1: uncomfortable. And you're still doing it. Hurts like a motherfucker.
0: Does it yeah. excite I you mean, that you're doing something uncomfortable or no? I don't know.
1: So like the way it started as I was like, oh, if I'm going to get pregnant, like I need to exercise. And then also Paul's lost like 40 pounds because he's been training for his Ironman race. And I'm like, fuck, he's going to get really hot and all the girls are going to want him. Like I need to get in shape. So I started going to Pilates. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect logic. Yeah. like For his birthday video, one of our friends was like, you're getting shredded, man. I'm like, see, they already notice. It's It begins. It's already happening. Yeah. yeah. But
0: I can't put all my hopes and plans on this baby. A hundred percent. And also I think like for you, it's not about the thing as much as it is about what it means or what you're doing behind it. Right. It was not like the, the example of like buying the bracelets. It's not like it's actually about a bracelet. Who the fuck cares? It was about like what that symbolized for you. And so I think like making yeah. some of that meaning of like, what does it mean for me to do something uncomfortable again would be really important for that to feel meaningful. Cause right now I think that all your brain thinks is the return on that is mostly negative, not positive. It's like annoying shit on the internet versus like it being a really positive thing to do. Does that feel true? Yeah, that feels true. When is the last time you did something that made you aside from Pilates that made you really uncomfortable? Like let's say in the business specifically. Maybe IE Live. (laughs) And that was 2019. November 2019, basically 2020. It was 2019, Sabrina. Yeah. Do you know what it is now? It is September 2022.
1: Yes. It's been three years.
0: That's some wild, wild timeline there, huh? I mean, it also might just
1: be that like my brain is kind of normalized to some of it, like there's definitely been challenges and like scary things and stretchy things over the past couple of years. I think I just feel very confident that I can handle it, but I feel like the energy has kind of shifted. Like I feel like before I used to see a challenge and I'd be like, fuck yeah. And now I see a challenge and like, okay, cool. Like whatever, we've got this, like, it's all going to be fine. So like, I think that they were monumentally uncomfortable things if I didn't have the processing around that. So maybe I just need to get more upset about things is what I'm hearing.
0: You're being a pain in the ass is what you're being because you know that you have not challenged yourself in that way since then. I think you've totally had challenges because that's life and that's business. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not trying to make light of that, but there is no part of you that has challenged yeah. yourself in that way. No, but
1: I also, I feel like I've been very challenged in my personal life the past couple of years, right? Yes, like very getting engaged, very dynamic, like, Moving houses, getting a dog, like not being able to see family for two years. Like I think that I've been very uncomfortable there. Yeah. But I maybe I felt like I was really happy with just keeping it chill in the business because all of my freak outs could go to my personal life.
0: Well, listen, I think that you don't have to be and this is really important to say, right? Like for for us and for anyone that ends up listening to this is like you don't have to nor should you be pushing yourself that much that often. I think up until that point, let's say IE Live point, you had pushed yourself in your business so consistently and it was time for you to have a moment of like recentering, resetting, and focusing on your personal life. And like I think that was so needed and so appropriate. But I also think it's really good to be like – I could keep skating on this or I could now enter into a different season and see this as the season to show up in the business differently. So one thing I wanna really illustrate here is that in different seasons, we'll stretch in different areas and that's okay. So like I'm giving Sabrina a bit of a hard time about having not done that in her business in a while, but she also really has done that in her personal life very, very much over the last few years. And so it's really important to note that like Every season does not have to mean we're stretching in all areas and all the ways. I feel like sometimes in the personal development world, we can kind of get sucked down that rabbit hole that we should be like growing and stretching everywhere all the time. And like, if any of it's plateauing, you're moving backwards and blah blah blah. And I just do not subscribe to that at all. I think that there are different times and different seasons where different pieces of our life need our attention, right? And pieces being like business, personal, whatever. And so. Now Not making that wrong that sometimes you take it easy in business because you're attending to other things is really valuable. I think where we get the most overwhelmed and burnt out is when we're trying to stretch in all the ways all the time and it actually backfires so much. Like I've seen so many clients who have come to me after having that kind of backfire on them and really kind of needing a reset to give themselves grace and figure out like what's the one area and focus that you're going to really lean into. When Sarah and I had happy thoughts and we had our happy magic program for kind of a mindset and manifesting, we would always have everyone pick one focus for 90 days. They'd kind of come into the program wanting to be like, okay, I'm going to manifest these 10 things or whatever. And we would always say pick one and give that your attention because that's when you're going to get the most out of it. When you're trying to do all the things all at once, you're actually going to move slower on all of it. And I think the same is true here. So just wanting to normalize that there are different seasons where we will stretch in different ways, but there is no pressure to do it all, all the time.
1: Yeah. And I feel like I've been trying to get into that season the last couple of months with the perspective of like, oh, we've kind of got to fuck shit up before the baby. Yeah. But I feel like I'm doing the motions, but I'm not necessarily like feeling it energetically, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like I'm doing all the things and like shit is blowing up and like getting the results
0: and all that. But I'm just kind of like, cool, 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 cool. Gonna go walk the dog. Cool, 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 cool. When you do the motions, are you like giving yourself credit for doing them? Or are you feeling good about them? Or are you just so neutral about them? It doesn't matter. Like what's happening there?
1: I think I'm pretty neutral about them just because I've done them so many times.
0: You know, it's like, yay,
1: you post it on social media. And it's like, huh, I'm rebuilding my content bank that got fucked up. But Prior to that, it had 1,100 posts in it. Yay. Woo. You
0: know? <laughs> Woo. So you, unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess, depending on how you slice it, know what that means, right? No, I don't you have to pick a thing that you feel really uncomfortable about and not neutral about to do. But like what though? Right. Cause if it's like, go speak
1: on stage in front of 150 people did that launch podcast did that have a Facebook group with 22,000 people in it did that be in Forbes did that do a webinar did that
0: like, like what are, what are we going to do here? You know? Well, I think what you're going to do is say some of the shit that you want to say that you aren't saying. Well, I recorded a
1: podcast, so
0: did that. No. Try again. <laughs> what else?
1: I'll think about it. Mm-mm. I don't know. I I thought that like maybe committing to some sort of like visibility spicy challenge might be a good one for me. And totally. that my thinking is like um, I would get spicier
0: slash more on hinge you know like <laughs> let's see what happens but yeah i don't know yeah i mean i think that yes you're doing social media but like you're posting pictures of bonnie and she's so like, cute listen you know i love bonnie more than life
1: but like are you telling me to post pictures in my underpants is that what you're saying
0: yes I actually did do once.
1: I did do that in twenty. I did that in twenty eighteen. So I did that uncomfortable thing as well. Boom.
0: Of course, I don't want you to post picture in your underpants. What I want you to do mm-hmm. is exactly what you're trying to avoid right now, and why you're giving me that face, which <laughs> is say all the shit that you would say to me. Yeah, that you're not saying. That's gonna be a fun one.
1: Okay. Well,
0: that's that's gonna be a fun time for everyone involved. And listen, I'm not saying don't run it by Paul first for, for an edit check, but I am saying you are just bottled up right now and you need to like unleash yourself a little bit. I mean, I
1: did go through a pretty solid party girl phase for like two whole weeks, so I'm working on it.
0: Yeah, but like that's not, that's not even doing it for you. No. What's going to do it for you is to feel like you can almost be like a full participant in your business and content again right now because you're like a I'll stay quiet and not engage in the in the stuff version of that right now yeah true true what you want to say no I'll do it i'll I'll go for it no but I mean like what you want to say when you do go for
1: it I think generally just that people get like swept up in bullshit instead of actually like doing the work. And then I feel like everyone nowadays gets so fucked over with this idea of like, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it. Yep. And they think that if it's not, easy, it's not aligned and it's like, no, you've just never done this before. That doesn't mean it's not aligned. It just means you need to figure out how to do this. And then the more you do it, the easier it gets. And then in a couple of years, you'll have my problem where everything is easy. And then you have
0: to figure out how to stretch yourself again. Wouldn't that be so great to be able to actually share that for real, though? Like, I, I think you shared something recently about you don't do sales calls now, but you did them for six years or whatever it was, kind of perspective mm-hmm. like that. Like, it's not like you have to attack anyone or anything, but I think like that perspective that just other people don't have is so important. So, like, the Thinking it should be as easy as it is for me is fucking you over because the only reason it's easy for me is because I've been doing it for X amount of time. Like I think that those kind of conversations are like really important and it's also going to be important for you as you gear up to like be selling a lot more because those are the people you want to be attracting into your programs too. Mm -hmm. Like I think that's what could make you really dislike – having bigger programs again is feeling like you're attracting a ton of people that have that mentality. And I think that's why you sometimes put up a barrier there or like pull back on selling because I think you don't want a bunch of that mentality or whatever in your space. Is that true? Yeah, I um, I think I definitely really struggle
1: when like I get so many DMs from people every day and they're like, I want to be a business coach. And it's like, what business do you have? you know, are like, I want to make a million dollars. I'm like, okay, have you made two? (laughs) Like, have you made $2? You know, -hmm. I feel like people just want the lifestyle, but they don't want to have the business. Exactly. And I don't really fuck with that anymore.
0: Well, because it's not true, but I think what's important there is it's the easiest thing to sell. And so that's what a lot of people are getting sold in our space. And so you get to be the voice- that that's not a real thing because, like, imagine I haven't made $2 yet and then I'm hearing yeah. all this stuff in our space that's just telling me, like, oh, it should be easy and it's just about the lifestyle and da-da-da-da. Like, and then I'm giving them all of the money I have trying to figure that out and yeah. getting nowhere. Like, do you do you want to just, like, watch that happen or do you want to have something to say about that? Um, I mean, I want to have something to say about that. Mm-hmm.
1: And I feel like I do talk about it inside of my programs, mm-hmm. but
0: not so much publicly. So what do you, is there something that's feeling off about doing it publicly in terms of like where you were saying earlier, like it irritates you to like look at comments on people's posts or is it not even really that? It's just like getting back into the energy of it.
1: Um, I think everything just feels very like noisy and fake. And I think it will probably just help to kind of tune that out for a little bit while I get back into my own groove. and like I definitely think that there's many different ways to build a business like I don't think that there's like one right answer I happen to think that like my way of doing it is best but like whatever you work will work and also there's a bunch of shit on the internet that's just plain wrong these days like it's Mm -hmm. not even like oh like I disagree with your opinion it's like that's really bad toxic advice that's gonna fuck people over
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so yeah just it feels like there's almost too much to call out. And I also don't want it to be about that. Like, I want it to be about, like, me and what I think, not just, like, let me go police the internet.
0: Totally. I think there's a difference between let me go police the internet, though, and I have perspective that my audience doesn't have. And the more I can share that with them, the more they're going to avoid the toxic shit. Yeah. Right? Because, like, it's just there whether you want to acknowledge it or not. And people are just going to buy it if they don't have perspective. Yeah. Right. They're just not hearing that from you. Does that excite you to like do them a service by like just telling them what's what's up? Obviously it does. Or you wouldn't be recording this podcast right now. Yes, I think it does. Like, I think that these are important
1: conversations, but also like, I guess where my hang up is, is like, I don't want this to be the only conversation. Like, I feel like this is like such basic level shit that we shouldn't even have to be talking about it. So like, Sure, I'll talk about it, but then I want to have, like, other conversations as well. What other conversations do you want to have? Just, like, the normal stuff that I love talking about, like, mindset, strategy, like, work-life
0: balance, all of that. Do you feel like you're having those or do you feel like since you're not saying this other piece, it's making you pull back from having those as much? (sighs)
1: I'm not sure. I feel like looking back at my content, like it was much more mindset heavy the first couple of years. And then it got a little bit more strategy heavy, probably just cause that's where I was in my business. Like at first I was just kind of like mindsetting my way up into where I was. And then I was like, okay, strategy, strategy, strategy. So I think like my content was just very reflective of where I'm at personally. And so I think I'm probably entering a more mindset heavy season, but I think uh, I'm just looking for a balance of all of it.
0: My little heart just fluttered. Those jazz hands? Those were jazz hands. Did you just do jazz hands? Wow. I've been trying to get you to enter a mindset season for a little bit here, yeah. I feel like you just yeah, gave like me a, my actual early Christmas gift. Well, I told you I was going to journal every day and I've been doing it and you have been. Yep. Yeah. True story. I feel like that's your lever to pull right now is just like the way to say it, right? Like there's not like these huge strategy levers that we need to pull in the business. Although, like you said, at the point where you were very focused on that, there was because you grew super fast and like there was a lot of work that had to be done to kind of like build the structures around what you had created. And so now I feel like those exist and are there. And so what you really kind of get to go back to is like, what does it look like to tap into The mindset being the lever and the thing that moves you forward. Yeah. So another thing that I think is really important that I feel like is, you know, kind of like the not so secret secret is just know what your lever is to pull at any given time in your business. And so like Sabrina and I were talking about, there have been times where that has changed. Like there were some times where the thing that she most needed to focus on was know, strategy and building a team and like kind of putting structure around this massive growth that she had. Now that she has a lot of that, the lever for her to pull really in this season is mindset. But what can happen sometimes is we get so comfortable with just one of those things that we just want to pull the same lever over and over and over and over again. And then we wonder, why we're not getting as great of results from it. And typically that's why, because that will change, right? So it's like she could keep working on structure over and over and over and over. But if that's set right now, why keep redoing that when really what's going to make the biggest difference is mindset or some people do the opposite. You know, they're like working their mindset, like absolute crazy, but they're never setting up systems or strategy or structure in their business. And so everything is chaotic AF even though they're doing the mindset work. And so just really at any given time in your business, I cannot encourage you enough to know what your lever is to pull and be focusing on that and know that that will probably change and evolve in different seasons of your business at different times. But if you can keep your eye on that North star and know what that is, like for Sabrina right now, she knows its mindset it's amazing how much more quickly you can grow because you're doing the right thing at the right time versus just doing the same thing over and over for the sake of it and expecting, you know, these massive leaps to come from it. That's usually not how it happens. So my final encouragement to you this week is know what your lever is to pull in your business and make sure you focus your attention there. Does that feel exciting?
1: Yeah. I just kind of like wrote down on my paper, like safety to certainty to stretch. So like, mm-hmm. I feel like I've just been in a very like safe mindset. Like I feel like a lot of people struggle with not feeling safe in their business. Like I feel almost like too safe. Agree. And so now I think I just need to stretch a little and get certain around it's safe to stretch.
0: And I think that it's inevitable like just like how you feel about the baby kind of thing like I think you know where you're like it's just now or six months from now like I think you can just bring that back to some of the like business stuff too which you're so good at doing but like why did you buy those Cartier bracelets in Singapore because you just like knew more was coming so I think like that's a good question is like what would you be doing now if you knew more was coming it doesn't have to be like a monetary thing necessarily but I think like what what is the answer to that
1: From a business standpoint, you mean? Mm -hmm. I think the visibility is the biggest thing. So, you know, I have written down, like I'm thinking about restarting my Facebook group just because I know that was like such a big way of how I grew my business. But also I felt like it was a good way to kind of express myself unfiltered live. Like there was zero filter to the content.
0: Yep. Mm -hmm. So
1: I thought about bringing that back.
0: What if that's our like, test or task right now? Like the, obviously the mindset is the takeaway and there's like more conversations to have here around the goals, I think. But what if like the actual takeaway right now is like restart that and start saying some shit and see what happens? Yeah. Yes. As in you will do it?
1: Yes, I will. (laughs) Jazz hands. Okay. Done. Like when? I think this month. I think definitely this month we'll bring it back. I had thought about maybe using Rich Witch as an opportunity to bring it back. and like doing Rich Witch live inside of the group instead of on Mm
0: -hmm. Zoom. I thought that could potentially be an idea. Yeah. Done. I think you should absolutely do that. I think that's actually a really good idea. Yeah. Exciting. Okay. What else needs to happen for the group? Does that feel easy in terms of execution or does that feel like there's a lot to figure out there one kind of basic bitch question i
1: had was like for bringing it back what should i call it so it's called the intentional entrepreneur and it has been for years because that's Mm -hmm. kind of pillar one of my framework but so many people are like hello international entrepreneurs like well that's that's not
0: that but thank you There's a a giant fucking sign in my garage that says the intentional entrepreneur on it. So you are calling this Facebook group. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Sounds good. Name (laughs) check. Um, No, I'm kidding. But I do think that that makes sense. I think that that's still very fitting of your brand. I think if you did events again, it would be Mm -hmm. similar. Like I think that still is the vibe unless you don't feel like, it is or there's something else other than like the word confusion.
1: No, I I still feel very aligned with it. I had thought about branding it after a wealthy woman, but I think it makes sense to keep it as the intentional entrepreneur. And we already have all the assets for that. So exactly. might as well not change it now. You can always change yeah. it later. Yeah. So no, I think that feels good to me. I feel I feel good there.
0: I think there's still obviously like more conversation to have here about this. And like, I think it's going to take just time really of like you building that momentum and feeling that fire again. And I think it's probably going to come more slow burn than like massive eruption kind of thing. But I think that this is like a good start. And I think that whenever you say the things and don't hold them in, I think a lot comes from that. And so I think it's just interesting to have that be the first step and to see what comes from there. Agreed. On a scale of one to 10, how excited are you? Um, 7.5. Okay, great. I'll take it. That's enough for me. (laughs) I just have to say this because I won't do it as a, a thing, but I feel like it's really relevant for anyone listening. Sabs has the most flat affect ever. Sometimes this is her. We know this about her. So sometimes we ask her for ratings. (laughs) Yeah. Because she does not sound excited, but she is, in fact, excited. But it backfires on people because like I think, I
1: can't remember, I think Lacey suggested this, that there's this little octopus that you can turn inside out if it's like happy or angry. This was <laughs> my suggestion. But then I like flipped it on people and I started using that to rate how I felt about Paul's performance as a husband. So I would just leave it on his pillow. And if I was angry about something <laughs> he did, it would just be like an angry octopus. If he like brought me a coffee, I would turn it around and it was a happy octopus. So
0: yeah, the fact that, that we've had to have coaching calls about why it's not appropriate to rate your husband's performance with a plush octopus is is startling. Yeah. And also, here we are.
1: And now it's Bonnie's favorite dog toy. So here
0: we are again. Just full circle moment. Okay, good. Yeah, I really like actually, this.
1: Yeah. It's actually funny with Bonnie because she has like, both heads like equally pulled out. So it's like happy and sad at the same time.
0: She's my grand dog, both and both and okay I'm proud of you am I gonna see something on this from you like this week yes like by when Friday okay spicy Scottish Sabs is coming Mm -hmm. out by Friday we'll call her spicy Sabs for short okay my note literally said that she shit by Friday done I will look forward to seeing her this week can't wait okay I love you
1: okay
0: bye Thank you for listening to Literally. I am forever grateful to you for being part of our journey and spending your time with us each week. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking a reviewer to give my MSC bundle to as a thank you for listening. This bundle combines trainings and workbooks that walk you through a condensed version of the work I do with my one-on-one clients through my mindset strategy and execution framework. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. And if you want more tips and strategies for growing and scaling your own business but are short on time, then you're going to want to opt into my private podcast feed, Back Pocket Business Mentor. You'll get immediate access to a private podcast feed full of tons of three minute episodes where I talk about everything from how to pick a strategy and business model that works for you to how to show up online as an expert and increase your conversions. Just go to a lituplife.com forward slash backpocket to dive in.